Cheerio! As human beings, don't we enjoy enjoyment? This is Five Golden Things, The Liberty Lists, a podcast of whimsy from Liberty Church Collingswood and libertycollingswood.org. We'll hear from friends as we explore everything from potent potables to morsel delectables, awkward laughables to moment teachables. You'll get lots of different categories, but remember that for each one, there can be only five. Plus a mulligan or two. Five, four, three, two, one. Lift off. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Five Golden Things, the Liberty Lists. And we always have special guests here on the show, but I only have one father, and this is the person that we're going to be talking to today. Hello, James C. Anger Sr. I love you, Daddy. <laughs> I love you too, Jim. Yeah. And so, uh, five golden things. So, do I just tell you what my what my first golden thing is? Is that what well, you want? Well, for, first we need to announce the category. Oh, okay. Let Let's tell the audience that. Uh, I think I know the answer to this, Daddy. You've how many podcasts in your life have you listened to? Uh, one, <laughs> right? So, in in preparation for this podcast, and you couldn't remember all five golden things in that one. No, that's true. So, my <laughs> my dad here listened. He's a longtime Boston Celtics fan, so I so I tipped him off to the five golden things episode with me and Kevin talking through Sixers and Celtics. Daddy, you listened to that just a couple of days ago, and I think that was that was the only podcast that you've ever listened to. Yeah, and I and I agreed with I agreed with four of his five Celtics. <laughs> well, that's that, that's pretty good. So yeah, and I don't know who the other one was, so right. I, I can't disagree. Yeah, he, <clears throat> he was a he was a young whippersnapper. So, right. Daddy, we're talking here today. The category is. Five things that you should know about growing up on a farm. And the reason that you're the, the one being interviewed today is that I don't know. And I think for many of our listeners, they wouldn't know what it's like to grow up on a farm. But you would because you did. And I thought it would be fun to hear from you about a set of experiences that might not be germane to, to many of us. Uh, in in fact, it's not germane to most people who grow up, grew up, and grow up on a farm. What do you mean by that? Because my farm experience uh, is probably pretty unique for somebody who's alive. Hmm. Because the farm that I grew up on was essentially the same place that people who grew up on a farm grew up on from maybe 1750, right until the industrial industrial revolution came along hmm. so the first golden thing i had here was pre-industrial farming oh okay the farm that we had hadn't changed in probably 150 150 years because uh, my grandfather uh he he never drove anything that was mechanized. Everything he did was with horses. Right. So what we had essentially on the farm was hand tools. Mm-hmm. We did have a few uh, things that had been invented. A hay mower had been invented, um, a, 
a reaper. Mm-hmm. Cyrus McCormick had invented right. the grain reaper. And then that reaper was uh, modified to be called a binder because the grain that was cut by the reaper was then bound with twine into sheaves. Right. So we had, we had a binder, mm-hmm. which did that. Uh, my grandfather had a corn planter. But all of those things were drawn by horses. Right. So there was no internal combustion to be so found there was anywhere. Absolutely no internal combustion. There were farms around us who had internal combustion. And as a young man, I was really aggravated that <laughs> I never ever got to use any of those things. I was still out there with a hay fork. <laughs> driving horses doing doing whatever we did so 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 they were running circles around you in their tractor as while you were yeah we we behind the plow. we farmed we farmed probably at a rate of about 10 to 20 percent as far as progress went compared with with other farmers at that point in time yeah and the other thing that had happened to cause us to be in the pre-industrial age is World War II came along. Mm-hmm. I was born in 37. I was going to ask for some dates just to fill in fill in our listeners. Yeah, I was born in 37, and uh, my mother and father moved back to her father's family farm when, in 1941, mm-hmm. so just at the beginning of the war. And uh, elect. Uh, electricity hadn't made it this far. It made it as far as the adjacent farm prior <laughs> prior to the war. That, that's such a Charlie Brown detail, where the, but it, but the electric has, got so close. But it has it it, it has quite it had quite an effect on us because uh, the the road was not paved. Right. Uh, we had mud roads, mm-hmm. which meant that you could go and ride on them with your bicycle or tricycle all day long, and you mm-hmm. might see a car maybe once an hour go by, right. and nobody told you to watch out for cars. You just <laughs> went and ro- rode on the road. Didn't Nobody cared. Yeah. and You got and, up in the morning, and you went out, and you played. Nobody mm-hmm. paid any attention to you when, when I was really little. Right. But as a result of having no electricity— that meant we also had no running water. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I just wrote down a list of the things we, we did not have. We had no running water, no bathrooms, no electric lights, no radio, no refrigeration, no central heat, no AC. <laughs> we, did have, we did have a gas well. Okay. So we had natural gas in order to heat. Mm-hmm. And around through the house, what we had is we had uh, gas lights with with globes on them, so that the the place was. You've dim- told me about those before. The place was dimly lit <laughs> with it with an eerie green light. It was really something uh, that wasn't wasn't very pleasant from the standpoint of feeling warm and cozy when you were there. Did did you know that you were in the other houses that had electricity though? At least well, sometimes. people around us, yeah, had electricity. So you could tell the difference between their oh, we 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 knew what was your... out there. It's just we didn't have we didn't have any of that, right? And um, we we did have an automobile. My 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 father drove a car, mm-hmm. but he died when I was eight years old. So then nobody drove an automobile. So we didn't even we didn't even have a car to go anywhere. Right. So uh, we were here on the farm with the animals. And uh, (laughs) 
you had an outhouse. Uh, uh-huh. You had to carry water. Right. Uh, every everything that every, everything you did, you really you really did by hand. Hmm. So it could, was truly a, a, a pre-industrial place. Could could you tell the story? And we can table this for later if it would work into one of the other points. But I remember. So you've been talking about your grandfather. We we call him Papa. Yeah. Uh, did he? He died in the in the ni- in nineteen sixty. He died in nineteen sixty three. That's right. <clears throat> okay. So yeah. so I I never met him. Uh, no. Elise and Kristen, my older sisters, right. did. And, uh, and and Grandma, his wife, my my mother's mother, she died in 1969. Right. Week the week after the moon landing. Huh. So she went from 1879, mm-hmm. which was the same as 1679. Yeah. And lived until somebody landed on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> which which relates to another podcast yes. that, that's being yes. released on this feed. So so tell the story, Daddy, about when uh, when Papa, if I'm remembering this correctly, he drove a car once. Is that well? He might have driven it more than once. But okay. In in one particular time, um, the milk the milk truck would pick up the milk from a cooler was which was refrigerated. Mm-hmm. At the neighbor's neighbor's farm. Yeah. So every day, the milk after the milking was done by hand, of course, mm-hmm. uh, the milk would be taken in the milk cans over to uh, his nephew's farm, poured into their milk cooler, and then when the truck came, it would take away uh, our milk as well as the other person's milk. Right. So. Uh, for whatever reason, normally what we did is the milk was taken on a sled and the horse that took the milk was Fred, hmm. who was a blind, <laughs> a blind horse. And he's the, he's the horse that Fred, fell. Fred the blind horse. He's, he's the one that fell through the bridge, if you remember, coming right. back. Yeah. Uh, the bridge collapsed across the run and poor Fred fell Eight feet down, probably had no idea what the hell happened. Of course, it was the blind horse that yes. fell through. <laughs> fell the through, bridge collapsed. Fell through the bridge. <laughs> but anyhow, this particular time, Papa took the. Uh, he took my dad's car, which sat here in the garage and never was used. Mm-hmm. And in those days, cars had six volt batteries rather than twelve volt batteries. Okay. And our car, the battery was always dead. So if you had to start the car to do anything, you had to push it out of the garage and hitch the horses to it and pull it with the horses and pop the clutch. You needed the horses to start the car. In order to try and get the car started. But this particular time, he was able, and it was very early in the morning, and he was able to uh, get the car started, and he put the milk in it, Mm -hmm. milk cans in it, and he took it over to his nephews and dropped it off and when he was coming back it's down the lane Mm -hmm. and it was completely foggy that day right and in the fog you you couldn't see i suppose five or ten feet in front of you you got confused as to where the lane uh touched the main road which he had to go on like 300 feet before he turned into our lane yeah and as a result he turned to go on the road about 200 feet too soon and he went <laughs> head first down over a, a vertical bank right onto the main road so the car landed on its 
on its nose. <laughs> T-boned. <laughs> exactly. And, um, yeah. and he came back after that, and uh, Mama was in the house, and uh, she happened to go out, and by this time it was light out, and she saw him out standing in the bar- at the door of the barn with a, with a dirty rag up against his head. And he <laughs> said, Jesse, come on out here a minute. And Mama went out, and he had a half-moon cut on his forehead where his <laughs> head had run into the metal rim around the windshield. In those days, they didn't care about protecting people. Right. So there was a metal Good rim that held the, the windshield <laughs> in, and it had just peeled the skin off of his skull Right. in about a, a, about a three-inch diameter ring on, on his forehead, and it was pouring out blood. So they ended up taking him to the hospital, but he survived it. But the car didn't. That was <laughs> that was the end of the car. And, and that was the end of his driving yeah. experience, yeah. too. We had no car after that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Daddy, one of the reasons why I was looking forward to this this podcast is because for our listeners, I don't think we ourselves, nor do we know a lot of people that grew up in situations where there was no electricity, no running water. I, maybe some of us do. Turtle loves right in. Five golden things at gmail.com if you have any stories to share about pre-industrial living one way or another but it it is a it's a throwback to a different time and one of one of the one of the biggest uh limiting factors that you have to deal with in that situation is no running water right because that means you need water for everything you need it to cook Mm -hmm. you need it to drink you need it to wash dishes you need it to wash clothes now Washing clothes in those days meant you used a scrub board. Yep. You didn't have a washing machine. <clears throat> so you washed the clothes with a scrub board. And being being young, it was my job to supply water. <clears throat> and the spring house yeah. was down the hill. Right. About 200, well, 150 or 200 feet away. So my job all day long was carrying buckets of water that could be used for all the things that you need you need water to do. Right. So and animals, loves, we're recording on the farm, so as as my dad is talking, he's pointing in all of these places that are or the spring house is what, twenty yards from where we're sitting right now? Oh no, it's more like a hundred yards. It's down at the run. Well it's not that I I don't think it's a hundred yards. I believe it is. Okay. Well, it's certainly 50. <laughs> we'll measure. We'll measure. 20, 20 is probably too short, but it's, it's, it's pretty close. It's just and down it's, the hill it's a here. steep hill. Right. And the other thing is that you had to, you had to provide water for the animals because there was no water in the barn. Mm-hmm. So that meant that the animals had to be left out to drink in the run, which people might not know. That's what you called streams here. They, they yeah. were called cricks. Yep. They were called runs. Mm-hmm. Um, but... If if you use the horses in the daytime and you 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 bring them in and they you'd feed them in the morning and then you'd work them till noon you'd bring them in and and you'd let them eat hay oats corn things mm-hmm. like that at dinner time we called it dinner not lunch in those days supper was the yep. second meal mm-hmm. and you bring them in at dinner time to do that a horse that had worked all morning would drink almost a five-gallon can of water. Wow. you just start at the top of a five-gallon can mm-hmm. and probably drink drink maybe down to where you'd have an inch or two in the bottom of it. 
Hmm. So that meant you were carrying a ton of water <laughs> just just to feed the horses. And, and the cows, of course, need water to make milk. So they had to be they had to be fed hydrated given water as well so, so <clears throat> water before, was a, was a big damn deal before adam sandler you were the original water boy <laughs> oh man <laughs> so anyhow that <clears throat> that was that was a big part of life then and and it was my job to take care of all that okay and it made it so that i hated anybody who would throw water away you didn't huh. you didn't waste water in those precious, days because you'd have to go get, yeah. you'd have to go get more hmm so that was that was pre-industrial farming, okay. pretty much. Well, it was all hand labor, yeah, dawn to dusk, and uh, and that that's another thing about it is that since there was no electricity, mm-hmm. that meant when it got dark, it got dark. Yeah. So you 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 couldn't do anything more. If you went to the barn, you had to take a lantern. Yeah. And it was always dangerous to have lanterns. Anything that had fire connected with it was dangerous in a barn because you were always afraid of it catching fire. Yeah. So that's pre-industrial <laughs> farming. Very good. That usually we count down on five golden things. So can we name that number five just for the drama and suspense? I yeah, however you want. Okay, so let's do the next one. That's This is number it's, four coming up. Really, my, mine are chronological more than more than any other way okay so then the the next thing that i made note of is is constant noise and activity oh okay so that's something about a farm that i really really miss now because hmm. the farm is absolutely silent and it I, is i miss the sounds tremendously hmm. but when i was a kid there were animals everywhere mm-hmm. and there was always Constantly, something was going on. Hmm. So from when you got up in the morning until it got dark at night, the place was humming mm-hmm. with noises and, and with movement because you, ha- you, have all, you have all the animals around. Hmm. And um, I, I really miss that. We had cows. Mm-hmm. We had horses. We had pigs. We had ducks. We had cats. We had dogs and chickens. Uh, and chickens. All of them, all of those animals were an important part of a farm. You might mm-hmm. not think that the dogs and the cats are, but the dogs were used to go and get the cows. Right. The cats were used to keep away the vermin that you that you didn't that you didn't like. Yeah. Because the, the other animals we had around the farm were rats. And mice, yeah, and foxes, and snakes, and uh, the snap- undesirables, yeah, snapping turtles, mm-hmm. and and those things you killed every chance you got. Yeah, so the place was humming all the time with 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 all of the activity that was in, involved in 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 those animals being here, mm-hmm. and and the things that we had to do to take care of them, because hmm. you you milked twice a day. Yeah, you, you gathered eggs every day. You fed the pigs twice a day, mm-hmm. um, and you hauled out manure. Yeah, twice a day. You bedded the animals down with clean straw every night before yeah. before dark, so they had something to lay on when when they slept. Mm-hmm. Although horses tended to stand all night, 
they didn't they didn't lay down hmm. in in the field they would but in the in the barn they usually slept, they slept sta- standing up slept standing up huh <laughs> maybe because we didn't give them enough width to lay down i'm i'm not sure but i never huh. saw i never saw a horse lay down in 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 the barn now there were some animals on the farm that you had to be very careful of because they'd kill you if they got a chance <laughs> and they were bulls right which is a male a male cow. Yeah. And they were just mean, mean, mean. And they would gore you or crush you up against the side. I knew people here who had broken ribs because they got in the in the stall with a bull and a bull would shove them up against the side of it and break their ribs. Hmm. Uh, a boar pig would with, take a foot off if with, you were With Bull Daddy, a, just to ask, am I remembering that you would only keep one mature bull at a time? You only had one bull, yes. Right. Just enough to breed the cows. Yep. And um, the same thing with the pigs. You keep one boar pig. Mm-hmm. And um, when the when and when the pigs were born, we would of course uh, keep five. We usually raised five pigs a year mm-hmm. because uh, pork was a, a staple. Yeah. In our diet, and you butchered you butchered. You butchered pigs every uh, fall when when the uh, when the weather got cold, mm-hmm. because what you do is you'd uh, shoot them in the pig lot, and yeah. I always went and hid whenever they were <laughs> killing the pigs. I couldn't stand to watch them shoot them for some reason. Uh, and then what you do is um, you'd have a fire, and you'd have boiling water. You'd uh, take the pig and you'd slosh them around into boiling water to loosen their hair mm-hmm. you'd scrape the hair off uh and and then you'd you'd gut them and um you'd hang them up overnight from their achilles tendons yeah and the meat would chill and get really stiff mm-hmm. and then the next day you'd you'd butcher right and what that meant was um, getting the meat ready for the uh for the rest of the year. So, so, and this was this this pork from the meat from the pigs. You, you, and Grandma Jessie and Aunt Helen would eat this. You, this was not for sale, pretty much. No, we we ate all of it. And and what? Uh, oh, and I didn't mention when I was saying about what I miss. There were a ton of buildings here. Oh yeah. There were, of course, the barn. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cows and the horses were in the lower level of the barn. The upper floor of the barn was um, the barn floor where you brought in the, the grain and the hay. Mm-hmm. And then you had a hay mow and a straw mow. Yeah. Um, the upper Mark floor. Mark and I would play in those. Yeah, you would. And, was... and the, the hay mow, the upper part of a barn, our barn was like 30 feet. Yeah, from from the floor to the to the ridge of the uh, of the roof, mm-hmm. and it was filled with hay up on one one third, and another third was was for straw, which was used for bedding each night. And uh, in addition to the barn, of course, there was the house. We had two chicken houses, mm-hmm. uh, a pig pen, a smokehouse, the spring house where we, we got got our water. Yeah. And of course the, the two hole toilet. <laughs> and the reason why it was a two hole toilet <laughs> is because the when you use a toilet, you you build up a pile 
underneath the hole. Yeah, and if, if you're you, productive. Yeah, and you don't want it to get so high that you you sit on it. Uh huh. So <laughs> you, you let you let the pile build up under one hole, <laughs> and then you move over for a while. Right. And use the other hole, and that that pile. The first pile tends to go away, and so you just are alternating back and forth forever right between between the two piles we We still have so many of these buildings are not extant at this point, but the the toilet is the toilet's still here <laughs> but the the pig pens, the chicken houses, the grain house uh the corn crib right all all of those buildings are gone and 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 I love I wish they were still here but but they're they're not anymore. Yep. Yeah. So um, I, that's what I would describe as is kind of the the noise and the activity. It, yeah. It was it was really something that was always moving. It, hmm. it was always something going on. Noises continuously. Right. That that that's interesting, Daddy. One of the things that I love about coming out to the barn now is that it's quiet, as opposed to and. Yeah, well, that's, 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 Collingswood is not <clears throat> super urban city living, but we're surrounded by houses and cars all the time. Coming out here is it's a it's definitely bucolic, isn't it? It is, but <clears throat> but my experience is a quieter experience here than yours was growing up. Oh yeah, it's it's. Uh, but now the thing is, when the sun went down. Hmm. Noise went away completely. Ah. So it it was purely a, a dawn to dusk hmm. activity. Once once the sun went down, everything went quiet. Right. Even the birds. Hmm. So you, you you heard nothing after that. The only thing prowling around then were the undesirables. Right. The foxes and the weasels and the rats and the mice and and uh, the possums and coons and everything else yep. that, that you don't want around yeah that's when they come out and then it's morning has broken again people you you don't know but but my dad was considered one of the best singers in camel hall for <laughs> for for generations daddy maybe as a bonus episode we can get some of your some of your vocal stylings as a singer <laughs> please <laughs> All right. Well, that, that, that. That, that was a wonderful number four. What do you have for number three? So then uh, the next thing I have here is making hay while the sun shines. Huh. <clears throat> and uh, what, that, what that really is kind of describing is that um, farming then so much more than now, you were pris- a prisoner of the weather. Right. Because we had no weather report, mm-hmm. no no radio. You had had the almanac, and that was it, right? Well, yes, and but that was not. The and same. the almanac is not something you can use for day day to day weather prediction. I mean, right. it might tell you what May was like last year versus this year, but day to day, you don't have any idea what it's going to be like. Exactly, <clears throat> and a. F- that one of the reasons why I knew when I was pretty young that I didn't want to be a farmer is a farmer can never be happy. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because he wants dry weather to make his hay and he wants plenty of rain <laughs> so his corn and his wheat and his grow. other crops <laughs> will grow. Right. And so 
what he really wants is he wants rain every four days mm-hmm. on schedule. Right. But the problem is that it, it just doesn't work out that way. You'll have a three-week drought, mm-hmm. and then you'll have rain every day. And so you, you're constantly, in those days, you were constantly trying to figure out with things like uh, red sky in morning is sailor's morning, and red sky at night is sailor's, sailor's delight. delight. That yeah. kind of nonsense is what you were trying to use in order to figure out mm-hmm. when you should cut hay down. And the reason why it's a problem is because once you cut it, you don't want it to rain you want sunlight so it dries, but mm-hmm. it has to lay in a field for at least two days, uh, three in in the spring and, and toward the fall because it's not so warm in the middle of the day mm-hmm. in order for it to dry enough that you can put it in the barn. Because if you put it in too, le- too early, it, it'll burn your barn down. Yeah, explain <clears throat> that. It took me a while to get this concept. What's the problem with it spontaneously it, it spontaneously combusts that's It'll, crazy once once you you put it in it gets packed and it doesn't have much oxygen if it was wet when you put it in mm-hmm. it'll catch fire and burn, hmm. your, burn your barn down so you you've got to be careful that the moisture content has is down to a certain level before you put it in yeah but the problem is if if you get rain in the meanwhile then you have to wait an additional time you have to for reset it to, to dry. Yeah. And the sun beats beats the hay and takes the nutrients away. <laughs> and and so you want the hay you want the sun on it long enough to dry just to cure to dry it. Uh-huh. But you don't want the sun on it long enough to kill it. Right. So you're you're constantly fretting and worrying over over rain. Hmm. And so that was always a problem. Now, the other thing about bad weather is that we would be sitting here in an afternoon and you would notice over to the west that the sky is turning dark. Mm -hmm. And if it got really dark, then you got frightened because what you don't know, is that going to be just a minor drizzle Mm -hmm. or is it a major major thunderstorm with lightning possible tornadoes you have no idea yeah so anytime there was bad weather it could have been cataclysmic or not so you never knew (laughs) so anytime a a bad storm was coming everybody was scared to death Hmm. because if it hit the barn you you you'd be financially wiped out because your barn would burn down. Right. Especially if there's hay in it, mm. because once the hay catches fire, there is no way to stop it. It burns so quickly. Hmm. You you'd lose your property. Those are those are high stakes all the time. So that meant any time, and and uh, my mother and my grandmother were superstitious. <laughs> they were really strong Christians it didn't seem to conflict with their faith to be superstitious at the same time right so what would happen is that if a bad storm was coming we we were required to come in the house and sit quietly in a room (laughs) and wait for it to be over (laughs) and every time a lightning bolt would would flash my mother jumped I can, <laughs> I can still remember seeing seeing her sitting there doing that yeah so life 
life turned around to weather. It was something that was always on your mind, and it was a, it was a major stress factor mm-hmm. in what you did. Hmm. Now, in those days, everybody professed to be a Christian. How many yeah. of them really were, I, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But um, everybody went to church on yep. Sunday, mm-hmm. even the non-believers, just because you had to... You had to. You sh- couldn't not do it. Yeah, yeah, you had to show up. Right. You had to look like you thought, mm-hmm. believed in what was going on, and also, <clears throat> you'd have been considered an outcast if you worked on Sunday. Hmm. So that meant if you had hay down on Saturday, and you could have made it on Sunday, mm-hmm. and you can see the weather Sunday evening or late afternoon is going to be bad, mm-hmm. you still couldn't go out there and, and make your hay. Huh. You had to let it be rained on and lose it because wow. you absolutely didn't work on the Sabbath except to milk cows and, and take care of animals that need to be fed. Yeah, No work was done on, on Sundays. Hmm. Now, as a boy, having to work all the time, I really enjoyed Sunday, and I was very happy yeah, that we couldn't go and work on Sunday. Yeah, because you you yearned for you yearned for a day off. Yeah, <clears throat> am, am I remembering, but, Daddy, that it was was it eight? You were eight years old when you went from playing all day to working all day. No, that I was twelve. Tw- okay, I was. I forget, I forget what that that eight threshold was. Must have been something else. It's but, where my dad died, maybe. Uh, it was something else besides that, but anyway. So twelve, but twelve was the twelve line is of where I became a full time a full time farm worker. Uh huh. <clears throat> and so Sunday, we went to church Sunday morning, but that meant Sunday afternoon we got to we got to play football and baseball if I could find anybody to do it with, because mm-hmm. that that brings us to the next topic. Okay, so this is number <clears throat> this is the number th- three or number two. Uh, I guess this would be... Uh, <laughs> I, I actually have six. Okay, well, this is the next one. <laughs> so then the next topic that I have is uh, monotony. Oh, okay. So this will balance the <clears throat> constant activity, I guess. Yes. Um, and what that, really, what that really turned around is the fact that, that I was, we were in complete isolation. Mm-hmm. We, we had... Because we had no electricity, we had no radio. We hmm. did have a radio, but it had, in those days, radios, there were no transistors or anything like that. They were tube, tube right. radios. Mm-hmm. They took a ton of electricity to drive them because it created an, an awful lot of heat. Right. So you could connect a, ba- a car battery <coughs> to a radio, but mm-hmm. the battery drew down almost immediately. Right. So it wasn't worth it unless for yeah, and nobody or... wanted you to waste the 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 battery yeah. because we could use it for electric fence around to keep the cows in or something like that. They didn't want to waste it on a radio. Yeah. So we there wasn't anything that you could listen to on the radio. Um, the newspaper came through the mail a day late. <laughs> So whatever was printed in the newspaper was already old news <laughs> when it got here. <clears throat> so, so the pirates always played a day day late in Ford City. <laughs> yeah. So, so you were you were really out here by yourself, and mm-hmm. and it was 
nobody my age that I could really talk to because there just wasn't there just didn't happen to be anybody around mm-hmm. so what I ended up doing all the time is scouring the farm and luckily my mother and her two sisters were school teachers so there were tons of books in the attic right so it didn't matter what the topic was it was a it matter was a book. of it was a book so you ended up devouring all the books that were here and then what i would do is uh, i would on a weekend i would bring home a half a dozen books from the school library mm-hmm. and spend spend the weekend after dark yeah with the gaslight in the beginning before electricity came along electricity mm-hmm. did come along by the way when i was i think uh 12 okay we got electricity when i was 12 hmm. so up till then it was curtains right but but so i would i would say that 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 was a time when uh life was just really monotonous hmm. another aspect of life that i put in the same category but it 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 stems from kind of the same isolation that is there was no health care you never went to the doctor. Right. Nobody ever went to the doctor. You just lived till you died. Yeah. And what you really needed to do is you needed to be pre- prepared to go anytime. Because mm-hmm. people went whenever their time came. And yeah. we didn't know why often. They just died. You natural know? causes, right? Yeah, natural causes. Or or accidents. I mean, that could, ha- that could have happened yeah. too, of course. Um, and, and when they did die... Uh, you called the funeral home. They came and, and got the body, embalmed it, brought it back in a casket, and it was in your house for two days. I remember you and Aunt Helen, yeah, telling stories about that. And so, and people filed in and out of your house for two days, and and then you got buried. So mm-hmm. I mean, the whole thing, the whole thing was handled, was handled at home. Right. But you didn't worry about worry about the cost of health care because there wasn't any <laughs> so it, it wasn't it unlike today where it's the main concern of everybody where are they going to get the money for health care right well and a huge part if, of the economy with our with the attitude we had then you don't really need any money for it <laughs> <laughs> you're either healthy if you're not you yeah. have to understand <laughs> and and the other thing is if you lived long enough you had false teeth right because they hadn't they hadn't invented fluoride yet yeah. So tooth decay was, it, it was pervasive. <laughs> so if you were if you were as old as I am now, rather than just having a mouthful of crowns, what you had <laughs> is you had a mouthful of nothing. I I remember Grandma Jessie's dentures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so people ended up getting dentures at a certain point in time. Yeah, it, 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 was, it was just standard standard part of life if you if you lived that long. And um, the and the other thing about the monotony is that it went on every day because hmm. cows need milked seven days a week, twice a day. Right. You took Sunday off because it was the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you worked all the time. Hmm. And um, that meant that every, everything that had to be done every day was was done continuously. There was no such thing as a vacation. Nobody ever even considered right. the idea of a vacation. 
because what does that mean? No, you just live until you die. Mm -hmm. And so the daily schedule was there. Hmm. For women, I think it was particularly bad because they, if they had spare time in the daytime, my grandmother and my mother, well, my mother, she was the fastest cow milker in the, in the neighborhood I remember by that. hand. Yeah. She could do it quicker than anybody. My grandmother milked, milked morning and evening with my grandfather, too, mm-hmm. by hand. And she'd come in the moment she finished milking and cook breakfast. And in the old days, um, prior to when I became the hired hand, my grandfather always had a hired hand. Mm-hmm. And the hired hand lived in the house with you. Right. He got enough money to go to the bar on Saturday night if he could bum a ride with somebody to have a couple of beers. Mm-hmm. But his clothes were washed. He ate with the family. He slept in his bedroom and uh he lived there just just as a member of the family with practic no money essentially right and but that's also a different world from uh the whole and and you would have hired hands that would just drift through you'd have some for a while some for not so long yeah I, we had during during my years younger than when i was 12 we had two hired men mm-hmm one and and then a second one and then he he left for whatever reason when i was 12 mm-hmm. and that's when i and um, my uh my first cousin my mother's sister's boy he was 2 years older than me we became uh papa's hired men right and he he farmed another 3 years after that he quit farming when he was 75 mm-hmm. and then i went to work as a hired man next door where they had tractors <laughs> it was disney world <laughs> yeah but but the women they had to cook mm-hmm. they had to wash clothes on a scrub board hang them out on a line to dry iron them by hand feed the family in the hired hands in between mm-hmm. changing their beds of course Right. And then going out and working in the fields. Hmm. So they probably worked longer days than hmm. the men because the men would come in after finishing work, eat, and they'd probably consider themselves done for the day. Right. Well, the dishes still have to be cleaned up and washed and taken care of. Yep. And you've got to get ready for breakfast the mm-hmm. next morning. Yeah. So the women, the women were never done. Life just went on like that. So it was completely monotonous, Hmm. and and nobody expected it ever to change. Hmm. You just hoped the monotony would continue. That was the good news and the bad news, if it did. Exactly. Huh. So, (laughs) all right. So that's that part. So then the next thing I have is uh, no fear. Hmm. And what I mean by that is... There was no economic fear. And the reason is we were completely self-sufficient. The Depression came along, and it probably was the most frightening thing Hmm. that 90, I don't know what percent of the, the 
the country was farmers in in the 1930s. Mm-hmm. But urbanization had gone a long way at that point. Yeah, those people starved mm-hmm. or worried about starving. You worried right. about where you're going to get enough food to feed your kids. You mm-hmm. you you were renting where you lived, and you got kicked out because you didn't have the money to pay the rent. Things right. like that. Nobody in my family even ever talked about the depression because it never happened. Right. Because we. We butchered our own, we, we got our own meat because we butchered our own pigs and chickens. Um, we grew our own crops mm-hmm. and had vegetable gardens all the time. And we canned enough goods in the summertime uh, with meat in them, like mm-hmm. chicken vegetable soup with tons of chicken in it. Yeah. That, that was a staple. In the winter, and of course, we smoked all that we smoked all the pork that we that we butchered, and you just went out to the smokehouse and went down into one of the barrels which the 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 meat was in. You brought some in and you used that, and then you went and got another one. Mm-hmm. So um, the the good news was that we didn't have to f- be frightened of what was going to happen to us because we were going to be out of a job or the dollar, the value of the dollar went to nothing. It really didn't matter to us. Right. So no fear. So, and daddy, we've talked about this before. Technically you are a child of the depression. Right. But in some ways not, that's not what people might think because you, you felt it differently. And I think even, I think mommy was affected by the depression. Well, she sure, she surely was because she was, Quote, she even though it was, she was a city girl, mm-hmm. even though 5,000 people in the city. Mm-hmm. Ten, but that, 10 minutes away from that here was, was a different As far as world. I was concerned, that was a metropolis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they actually had a radio there. <laughs> Electricity, running water the yeah, whole time. And, and a car that started when you, when you, <laughs> when you hit the starter. Right. <laughs> so anyhow uh, that, that, that was a big thing. So mm-hmm. uh, when I was growing up, I, I didn't. We were we were very poor, mm-hmm. especially after after my father died, because we were stone broke. Yep. But my mother was a school teacher, and and she was incredibly frugal. Mm-hmm. So she saved everything. She saved enough money to put both me and my sister through college. Right. And end up with money that we inherited from her. Mm-hmm. So she did all that on what in those days were really low salaries for for school teachers. They did they didn't get yeah. a, they didn't get a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So uh, she was very very frugal, as I'm sure everybody was that were Depression era people. Mm-hmm. But we didn't suffer from fear of what was going to happen tomorrow. Yeah, in that in that regard. Hmm. So so the weather was a lot more important than Wall Street. Exactly. And so then that brings me to uh, the lanyap. Yes. The, the last category. Oh, lanyap, Daddy, you're mixing a little New Orleans with your Western Pennsylvania right there. Right. <laughs> and the title of that one is Constipation. Oh, I was hope I was going to ask about this if you didn't come back to it. Yeah. And, I, and, and we're talking literally here. Yes. <laughs> because using an outhouse as a toilet 
an outhouse was really, really a trying situation in the wintertime. Well, let's clarify. We may not have earlier. So when we were talking about the toilet, that was an outhouse from yeah. earlier on. Yeah, that, no that was running water. from... Right. right. It was a, but it was a very fancy two-hole toilet. Two-holer. Most people around here had one-holers. And uh, be, if, if they had electricity... The toilet at this point in time was something that the higher the men used in the daytime mm-hmm. because they'd be dirty. They didn't want to go back into the house. Maybe they maybe they had a bathroom, mm-hmm. and so in those cases, the toilet ended up with no toilet paper, <laughs> right. and what it had was a Sears Roebuck catalog. <laughs> and what you did is you you sifted through it to try and get the rough pages. You not, never, not the glossies. Not the glossies. You didn't want to use the glossies. It was a, it was a different kind of voice book back then. Yeah. So <laughs> anyhow, but our toilet was very nicely kept because it was used all the time. But it turns out that a lot of the winter, it's, it's sub-freezing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's sub-zero. Right. Now... If you feel like you've really got to go to do number two in the toilet, mm-hmm. and it's that cold out, <laughs> you you begin Don't to figure twice. I I can go tomorrow. You can hold it, yeah. <laughs> and and eventually the urge goes away. <laughs> so you do that four or five days in a row, and then you end up really Im- impacted as a result of it, and. Uh, Ultimately, you might be stuck with castor oil in order to get things moving again. <laughs> but so constipation. But actually, it what I found personally is that I was able to get myself regulated where I can I could go regularly every four or five days. Wow, comfortably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what I did in order to make that happen, but it but it but it worked out. <laughs> well, that, that 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 that's a great note to to end on. Your 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 stoppage is is our 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 benefit to to hear about it, uh, Daddy. This is everything that I would have hoped for for this. For, for this conversation and thank you thank you for for gifting us the time I, uh, you're I, welcome I, I love you a lot is, <laughs> are, are there any are there any parting shots that you no this is your platform I'm done <laughs> <laughs> okay ta-ta turtle doves <laughs> wow that was definitely a top five episode of five golden things the liberty lists and remember kids schadenfreude ain't just a river in Egypt Wade in the water a little deeper anytime at libertycollingswood.org and find us at the usual socials. Make us a top five follow, and you'll always be our number one. Toodle pip! So do you introduce this thing or what? I, I will introduce it right now. Okay, go to it. <laughs>